everyone, welcome back for another episode of the Fast Break Podcast. We're back after a few weeks after the last episode. Today will be a little bit shorter. Was, uh, we selected uh, uh, less topics than last time, but it will be still interesting. So today we'll be talking about the Pelicans, the Kings, and the Warriors. And I guess we'll start with the Pelicans as they are first in the Western Conference. Yeah, the New Orleans Pelicans. I want to really talk, before we like get into them as a team, I want to talk about Zion, you know, being their star player and the way he's played the last few games if they uh if they keep winning do you guys think uh zion is making a strong mvp case uh i don't i don't know about mvp case just because of the way like you know tatum and Giannis and luca them have been playing um i don't know I, i think a lot of people still have to see zion do this for maybe more than just this season to be like in the MVP discussion, but I, I will say maybe like most improved or like, come, I don't know, some, something along that line. But I think if he continues this whole year, they have a lot of success. And then, you know, maybe if it goes into next year and he's doing the same thing, then I think he definitely could be in that discussion. Yeah, I think kind of the same as Kentley. I think it's a, it's a little bit early for Zion. Uh, it's not his first complete season, but it's the first time we're seeing him playing at that level, so obviously we want to talk about MVP because the Pelicans are first, and he's the best. He's te- technically he's the best player of the best team, but again, <laughs> it's a little bit early. We need to wait to see uh, if he can do that during the, the entire season and also during the next season. So obviously, it's it's tempting to you know put Zion in the MVP race and uh, and the MVP debates, but. Yeah, I think as Kendley, you know, there is so many players, and it's a little bit, you know, early to mention the piece of for for Zion. I, I think. Yeah, more... I agree. Go ahead, Tyson. I was just gonna say I agree. It is a little early, but like players like Giannis and Tatum, I just, you know, I I'm just really happy to see Zion, you know, come back like this, especially with you know him not playing last year. It's just really good to see. Yeah. I I will say I do think. This is one thing I think I see more. Obviously, I'm a big NBA and NFL fan, but this is the one thing I think I see more of in the NBA than the NFL. I think you get a lot of people who are prisoners of the moment, kind of, um, because throughout the whole week, I've seen tweets and posts on all social media platforms saying they think Zion is the best player in that class. And I'm thinking, you obviously haven't really seen what Jaw's been doing the last couple of years if you think Zion's the best player in that class, because I can't I can't say that, you know, and fully back that after what Jaws done the last couple of years. I can't say that after Zion's had a good like, you know, week or week and a half. I don't know if I can come out and say, Oh, well, I think Ja or Zion's better than Ja or I don't, I don't know, it's tough. And people people seem to forget that the Grizzlies, they are third in the conference too. So it's not like, you know, the Grizzlies had a really good year last year and all of a sudden they've fallen off. So I mean, I don't I don't know. I just don't like the jump into conclusions that the NBA crowd kind of goes for sometimes. Yeah, uh, I think it's a little early for the Zion and Ja comparisons because they're both still really early in their careers, too. And Zion obviously hasn't played nearly as much as Ja has in the first three or four years of his career so far. So maybe in like, you know, a few years we can debate like who was the better player in the class. But right now, I'd say it's too early for that. Yeah, I want to ask you. I kind of want to ask you guys a question about the Pelicans, though. And this was actually something I I tweeted a few minutes ago. just like to kind of put this question out there. So we've all kind of, I think, I think we've all somewhat agreed that we think the Cavs 
are the best young core in the league. I mean, you, you see kind of, you know, the improvements they've made. But the Pelicans, I do think, you know, when Brandon – I mean, Brandon Ingram's missed seven games. And you look at what the uh, the Pelicans have been able to do, but, I mean, just imagine once they get B.I. back. And you look at the Pelicans now, they have seven, basically eight players averaging double figures um, when Brandon Ingram is playing. So which which young core do you guys like more, the Pelicans or the Cavs? Uh, the Pelicans – I'd say they're like an older team than than the Cavs. Like Brandon Ingram isn't, I mean, is not like an old player, but he has experience in the NBA right now. Uh, CJ McCollum, obviously, very experienced player. Uh, so, like uh, the Cavs are, are just a younger team, and mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say I prefer the Cavs. Like they have experience, the Pelicans. Okay, they have young players, but they have experience compared, mm-hmm. you know, to the Cavs. Yeah, the Pelicans have a lot of experience. I would agree with that. I'd also throw in, like, you know, teams like the Grizzlies, you know, like they have a really good young core, and we saw what they did last year too. Uh, I do agree that the Cavs have the best young core in the league. I'm not sure where I would put the Pelicans. Mm -hmm. I just need to see a little bit more. Yeah, and I think a lot of times when we think of young cores, it's – the big like superstar name people and I and obviously when you look at the Pelicans I'd say Brandon Ingram and Zion are probably the two kind of like premier guys like in the young core but I mean like looking at CJ McCollum CJ McCollum obviously he's not a young guy but you could say that they're a big three but I think when you're looking at some of the other guys on the Pelicans team like they're not household names but they're young guys who really contribute to the success that this team yeah. has had this year so it's kind of I think I think when we talk about young cores, it's not necessarily always like three household names. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. actually a very a very collective team, the Pelicans. They have a strong collective. They don't have like a big superstar. I mean, Zion is a, a superstar in the making. But yeah, you know, CJ McCollum has been has never been a huge superstar. He's a big quiet guy and not the shiny player. So yeah, it's it's interesting to see that they are actually building what looks like to be a strong collective uh, in, in, in New Orleans, a bit like Cleveland. And I mean, okay, Cleveland, they have Donovan Mitchell, but, and also a bit like um, the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, they have drum run, but they have, you know, that, that, that unity, that strong chemistry. And, and the Pelicans have been uh, building that by, you know, trading CJ and adding all those players. So yeah, it's um it's actually a very collective team, as you say. There is not only like those three guys; there is so many players besides that are you know contributing to the victories. Before we move on from yeah. the Pelicans, I want to ask you guys one quick question. In a in a hypothetical scenario, like which what would you since they have the Lakers pick this year, what would you guys do with how good they're they've been this year would you guys trade that pick for a guy who can contribute this season or hold on to it with hopes of drafting another young guy to add to that team oh right now it's uh it's a complicated question mm-hmm. i think we need to wait to see like who's going to be the interesting players at the draft yeah that, that was kind of my thing too because granted for as good as the pelicans have been playing over you know the course of the season it's still just not one of those destination spots. I think a big name person or somebody who wants to contribute now would come to, and I would hate to see the Pelicans, you know, as the season goes further and further along, I hate to see them get a new person in there who we think can contribute. 
and then they just like mess all the chemistry up. You know what I mean? So I, I kind of, I think I would hold off on it. I don't think I would trade it for anything. I think I would just wait and see who's going to come out of this draft because there's there's a couple of decent guys I think in college this year who yep. could potentially be a good fit like for the Pelicans. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, too, with Bi, you know, being out, he's missed seven games and they're on a seven-game win streak. Um, once he comes back, I mean, they pretty much already have that chemistry going. So I just kind of want to see what they do this year with the group that they do have. Um, so, so staying on the topic of young teams, I know the other team we picked to talk about today was the Kings. Um, yeah. I, I, so really quick, I do wish I still had this clip and I actually am going to find it. So we, we did a podcast last year. It was, uh, me, Amelia, and one of our other friends. And I told them, I said, this year, I think the Kings are going to be a playoff team or a play in team. And everybody thought it was crazy. I said this back in like May and the way it's looking right now, um, I know the Kings, are, while we're recording this, the Kings are actually playing the Knicks, and they were losing. Um, yeah, they were, but the Kings, they're actually fourth in the conference. Yeah, I was going to say, the Kings actually look like they could, they could, you know, be in the mix this year. It's, it's interesting. The reason I wanted to talk about the Kings is that I actually wanted to talk about them uh, the last time I was there. But, you know, we already had, like, two topics uh, each other. So I was like, all right, let's talk about the Kings next time. And it's actually interesting because I think I was one of these person, and we were like uh, dozens of person, thinking that the Kings were again in not in the wrong, not in the good way. Like they got Sabonis last year, and it wasn't really working on the court. Like I mean, Sabonis was scoring points, but the team was still losing. Uh, it was like you know the same thing again, again, again. NBA fans will know that the Kings is is one of the running jokes for 20 years right now in the NBA. Um, so, yeah, I was one of the person that thought that the Kings would be still struggling this year. And surprised they're not. They're actually fourth in the conference. They, they've won many games this season so far. I think they're like uh, 14 wins for uh, like five or six loss, something like this. And um, Sabonis is like the centerpiece of all of that. And all the young players around them are, are you know, all playing together. So, yeah, Kings are, are really interesting. It's it's one of my surprises this season. Uh, Kentley apparently is not. As you, as you said uh, last year, you <laughs> already thought that they would be uh, having a good season. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I really wanted to brought the Kings because, it's as I said, it's one of my good surprises. It's, it's actually... Uh, cool to see the Kings, you know, finally uh, making some good things on the court, and 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 things that might, you know, stay uh, for the entire season. Because right now it looks like they are finally on the good way. So we'll see how things work in in the season. But right now it's 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 super cool to see them uh, winning all those games. I don't know what Tyson you think about that about the Kings. If you thought like Kentley that they would be, you know, having a good season. Before the season started, I thought they would like be like around in the play-in, but I didn't think they'd be like the fourth seed where they are right now. But I know it's still early. Um, I like the Sabonis trade when they did that last year. I questioned it because it was like, you know, Halliburton at that time seemed like he was going to be the you know the future of the franchise, and then they yeah. brought Sabonis in, and like you said, it just didn't really work last year because they were still losing games. And then this year, you know, they make the coaching change and then they made the herder trade in the offseason. Then they also signed Malik Monk. And, you know, both those guys have been great for them this season. <laughs> they also drafted Keegan Murray, who's been really well, too. I was going to say he uh, so so the things that I kind of had like on my mind for the Kings 
number one was I want to ask you guys this question. So let's say the Kings, you know, let's say they finish the five, six seed. They might be playing playoffs, whatever. Um, let's say they have a lot more success this year than they did last year at the end of the season. And you're looking at De'Aaron Fox's numbers right now. So he's averaging around 23 points, five rebounds, five and a half assists. Very good. Do Very you good. Th- yeah. Do you guys think he could have a case for most improved player this year? Uh, um, if the team has that success, like, I mean, let's say they don't even make the playoffs. Obviously, he's probably not going to get the award, but let's just say they do. Let's say they get in the play-in or the playoff. Does he Does he have a case for that award? It's it's quite possible. I feel like he would have to. <laughs> uh, I feel like he would definitely yeah, have to. It's, uh, I, need, I need to look at who's uh, currently running for the award, like who can be a potential uh, most improved player. Yeah. Um, but uh, maybe Anthony Simons uh, might be one of those or two. Uh, but yeah, definitely, you know, De'Aaron Fox, one of the main players of the Kings this season. And yeah, as you said, you know, if they make the playoff, it might be on the run for uh, this trophy. Because I just think to have the streak yeah, of not I'm... being in the playoffs to being in there and you're and you're pretty much the main reason why. But also the Kings, they've won a decent amount of games this year too. Um while uh, while Fox hasn't been playing, and I think that was kind of the thing last year, like we the the case that we made, a lot of people were making for Ja, they were saying that the Grizzlies were still winning when he was out, so it was almost like, I don't know, I wonder if it's like the same thing for De'Aaron Fox, kind of. But Tyson, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, like like Evan said, I need to like see who's really in the mm-hmm. the most improved race. So like, I think you you could make a case for De'Aaron Fox if you know, he continues on this path and, you know, the Kings keep winning games and they make the playoffs. But right now I would say it's a little early and plus I, I need to like see who else is in the conversation. Yeah. Uh, how yeah. many points, how many points was he averaging last year? Something like 19? Yeah. I don't think it's like 19 or 20. Yeah. Something around there. I don't think it was like a crazy significant jump, but um, kind of like you guys were talking about too, though, I think, when you're looking at the other players that they've kind of surrounded him with, I think that's making a huge difference because Malik Monk's been great. Herder's been great. Um, so, And like you said, Evan, you, you got to it before I did, but uh, Sabonis, you're looking at him kind of being the centerpiece of everything. He's averaging 17 points, 11 rebounds, and he's averaging – or he's uh, leading the team in assists per game. And he's I think back, when, he's, Yeah. He's back on the role he had in, in the Pacers. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of times – when you're talking about big guys in the NBA, like your power forwards and your centers, you kind of associate good passers with like Jokic and Draymond Green, like from those post spots. But I think DeMontis Sabonis can make a case for being like one of the best passing big men in the league. He's a very complete uh, player. He is. Uh, he, he's physical. He got that, you know, IQ like Jokic and all most of European players. And he can he can shoot the three sometimes. So yeah, yeah he's uh, uh, also very technical. He do have some skills. So yeah, he's a uh, he's a very complete player. And as I said, you know, he's back on the role he had on the Pacers. And with the players surrounding him, he's very very efficient with mm-hmm. with his Kings teams here. I I want to ask Tyson something too because this is something we talked about on the last podcast. We talked about um the rookie of the year award kind of in the, in the, the ladder that you'll see on like NBA.com and everything. But I'm wondering, does Keegan Murray, I saw where he's fifth right now. Do you think with the success the Kings are having, like he should maybe be higher on that list because you're looking at so far through the month of December, 
Um, he's averaging 17 points. You saw that big game he had last weekend against the Clippers. It was his career high so far, 23 points. And he's shooting 54%. They haven't lost. And realistically, like like we said, a lot of the Kings, the success they're having this year, he's played a big role in it. So do you think Keegan Murray should be getting a little more respect in the Rookie of the, rookie of the Year award? I think he should definitely be higher than fifth. Yeah. I don't know where I would put him. I would mm-hmm. – probably have him somewhere around three or four mm-hmm. i would have paulo first right mm-hmm. now and then probably Mathurin second and then after yeah. that you could debate who's third because they have Jaden ivy up there i think J- i think Jaden ivy and jabari smith were ahead of him and i'm thinking i don't i don't know because i mean ne- neither one of the teams the pistons or the rockets they're not better than the kings right now um so it's okay. it's hard to say i don't know it's tough evan what are you thinking for, yeah. for rookie of the year yeah, I think I think you should get more respect um, too. But something I mentioned last year about the rookie is that I feel like when it comes to the rookie of the year, people are looking for like super fancy player with like more than thirty points per season, no yeah. matter the like no matter the results. Um, mm-hmm. Like so, last year was like Jalen Green and, and Kate Cunningham. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew that like the Pistons and the Rockets would be. Uh, uh, one of the most terrible teams in the league because you know obviously they were in a in a building process, um, so they were like both averaging like around thirty points and you know people don't really care about like the results at the end of the season mm-hmm. and they're just looking at like pure stats and that's the main issue for a lot of rookies that are very important in teams but they're not you know breaking the screen and 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 that's that's why I think like he should get more respect. But most of observer won't give him this respect because he's not that fancy player who pull up uh, many points every night and and carries the team alone. So yeah, yeah, kind of like Tyson was saying. I think I think kind of this point, Palo's probably gonna just. I think they're, I don't know if they're gonna give him the award, but I think he's more than likely who's gonna win it. But there's so many other guys I think rookie wise who are having a pretty big impact on the team. Like we said last week. Uh, Benedict Matherin, and then I think Keegan Murray. When you're looking at him, the impact he's having on Sacramento, um, it's just it's just it's just cool to see. I think I would love to see them get a little more, you know, respect to the discussion. But I'm not a voter, so I don't, I don't make the ladder. I just I just read it. So, <laughs> I have a yeah. I have a question. I have a question for the Kings. Um, let's say that they're they're like at the end of the season, still fourth or fifth. Uh, what is the, like the objective in the playoff? When do you say that is a, it's a successful season and or like a fail? I think making the playoffs for them is a successful season. Um, I think you just build on it next season. I, I don't I don't think if they play, let's say if they got like a four or five spot. Um, I don't think anybody would pick them the way. I, I feel like this. Okay, this is the this is the comparison I have for them. Two years ago, when the Knicks were in the playoffs and the Knicks were the four seed, that that's kind of how I yeah. feel like the Kings would be kind of this year. All right. Except I so think the Knicks team was a little play- bit better, but I don't in, know. in playoff is like is like everything is bonus. Like the season is already completed and and, yeah. and the main target has been reached. I think so. That's just me. All right. I, feel I like, think Yeah, go ahead Tyson, sorry. I feel like with how long it's been since they made the playoffs, I think just making the playoffs in general would be a successful season for them. Mm-hmm. I think that um, looking at the team they have right now and the fact that Sabonis is 
like he's still in the in a very good physical form and he's far from being old. But he's not like the youngest player, so it would be interesting for the Kings to like uh, it's gonna be tough to like, you know, pass the first round, uh, depending on who they had. But I th- I'd say that if you're out of the playoff first round, uh like four zero, four one, it would be a little bit disappointing. Like not a failed season because as Kentley said, I think the objective is the playoff. But I think they should really reach for they're, you know, trying to win the first round. I think that right now they have the tools for it. Yeah, because I'm looking right now, and let's just say the Kings have this five spot. The Suns are four. So, realistically, I mean, that, that I think that would be a better matchup than most people think. Um, yeah. Because, like like we said, all the, all the pieces that the Kings have kind of gone out and they've, they've acquired, you know, before the season, it's just, I, I think it gives them a good chance. I mean, they have uh six guys averaging double figures i mean you know it's not like you have one or two guys doing it um so they they have weapons all over the place and i think some of those guys have some you know decent playoff experience like here the guys like harrison barnes you look at mike brown your coach who's been so i mean they have i think they have what they need i don't think it would necessarily be a wash against the suns yeah i think i think they have like pretty the tools to do something in the playoff, like just not, you know, uh, reach the playoff and all right, we're out, uh, yeah. mission completed. Yeah. I think if like the season ended today and say it was the Suns and the Kings like matched up in the playoffs, I think it'd be a lot like the Suns and Pelicans ser- series last year. I feel like the Kings could like really give the Suns a, ru- a run for their money and make them, you know, earn it and push the series to like six or seven. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because I think you can make an argument and say that this Kings team so far this year, not jumping the gun or anything, but I, I could see them being better than the Pelicans team last year that gave the Suns a little bit of trouble. I mean, it went six games, um, and I think this Kings team is better than that Pelicans team last year. So I honestly, uh, a Suns Kings see, uh, first round that goes in six or seven. Uh, this might be like an underrated uh, must watch. Dude, the playoff. It definitely might be up there for it. Like, fr- like frankly, for uh, a first round between the, the Kings and the Seven that goes in seven, that will be super cool to watch. Yeah, it definitely yeah, would be a fun series. Yeah, it definitely would. Um, speaking of fun series, last night we had a basically rematch of the NBA Finals last year, uh, Golden State and the Celtics. Um, I have my thoughts on this. I actually wrote a couple things down, but I'm gonna let Tyson start this because Tyson's actually a Golden State fan, and I wondered if you and Tyreek actually talked about this game at all. I haven't talked to Tyreek. <laughs> I uh, the other day I texted him uh-huh. about it. Um, I was like, "You guys might." Like, I was joking. I was like, "You guys might beat us by 50 because that was the day like the news that like Wiggins wouldn't play or whatever, and it was like rumored that Rob would be back, but obviously Rob didn't play yesterday." And then I actually did text him this morning, and I was like, reverse psychology really worked. <laughs> he didn't respond, but, like, re- reacted with a laughing emoji. Uh-huh. Yeah, I so actually one of the things that I had, you know, put down on paper for this, I, I think when you're looking at Golden State, um, just after that game last night, and I know their record might not say this, but I'm still going to go ahead and say I think they're the best team in the league. Um, I mean, 
you look at what they did last night against Boston, who a lot of people consider Boston to be the best team in the league right now. Um, I, I mean, it was, Golden State looked like they were in the form that like they usually are. Like Clay was going, Steph was going, Jordan Poole showed you he's still a complimentary player. Um, but I think the thing a lot of people haven't really been talking too much about is uh, Jonathan Kaminga being in there and how great of a defensive player he is. And I mean, he was—I mean, he was locking Tatum down last night. Um, and Tatum's, I think a lot of us consider him to be an, the MVP front runner kind of right now. Um, and Kaminga held him in check for the majority of the game when he was on him. So Golden State, man, I think I think they're I think they're the team in the West right now. I think I think they're the best team in the league. They've been playing very well, like very recently, because mm-hmm. um, just two or three weeks ago, it was uh, a bit worse. Uh, mm-hmm. Ask Tyson. <laughs> but um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, very recently, they've been playing well. And this is actually how we want the Warriors to play, like the way they've been playing um, against the Celtics, mm-hmm. the best example possible. This is the way we want to see the Warriors play. Mm-hmm. And this is the way we've been expecting them to play at the start of the season as being the reigning champions. So we'll see if they, you know, will be able to hold that for the rest of the season mm-hmm. because they, you know, they are still trying to find the good reason and, and the best way to play. Uh, but this is like encouraging uh, that win against uh, Boston yesterday. Mm-hmm. They yeah. actually, yeah, they actually have that uh, trip coming up this week to the East Coast. So they have their next games against the Bucks. Then the Pacers and the 76ers. So I really think that game against Boston, you know, beating uh, beating Boston and San Francisco, I think that was good to kind of set the tone for what they have in front of them this week. Because the Pacers, I mean, that's not a guaranteed yeah. win. And then, you know, the Bucks and the 76ers, I mean, they're, they're all, you know, number two in the Eastern Conference, number six and number five. So they're actually like really good teams against them this week. Um, so I think, I think it was, it'll be a good test for them this week to kind of see where they really are as a team. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, all right, guys, that is uh, going to wrap up this episode of the Fast Break Podcast. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. uh, Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Blaze Review. And we'll see you guys next time on the Fast Break Podcast.